Blog Talk Radio. This is Nightingale of the Extreme Justice League and the RLSH Recruit Center's Hero of the Year. And you're listening to Heroes 101 Radio. Be the change. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Zero's 101 Radio. I'm your host, Rock and Roll. Um, <laughs> rock and Roll. I know people hear that and they go, what the hell? Um, it's my real-life superhero name. And in case you don't know, this is a show about real-life superheroes, for real-life superheroes, and and I don't know, what, what else can I put in there? Bug is looking at me with a Sorry, pencil in his mouth. There you go, there you go. There's my other host. That would be Impact from the Bay Coast Guardians, St. Petersburg. How are you doing, Impact? How's it going? Good. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm I'm doing fairly well um, tonight. I'm just I'm kind of laughing because I'm sitting here <laughs> trying to host a radio show, and my awesome sound guy is sitting here eating pretzel sticks right next to me, and that's that's lovely bug. So I'm going to try not to look at him because, you know, you can do so many funny things with a pretzel stick. Anyway, if this is the first time that you're listening to Heroes 101 Radio again, uh, we've been here for over six years now. This is our sixth season, as it were, and um, we are on episode 127, 127 episodes. What the hell do we talk about? Uh, I don't know, Impact, what do we talk about? What are all those archived episodes about? Man, I don't I don't know what you guys talked about for 127 episodes. Um, I know I I think mostly, we traded recipes. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't care because well, I wasn't I, there. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean you've only the only points I've spent for like 20 episodes, but <laughs> um, I mean from what I remember, it's mostly how to be a good real life superhero. And what's a real life superhero? Someone who wants to go out and help the communities in a fun and exciting way. Wow, dude, you're hired. I like that. That was, you know, there you go. And if you guys are interested, if you're listening for the first time going, okay, do I want to be a real life superhero? These guys sound kind of crazy. Just listen, yeah, in. listen in for a little while. And if we're totally crazy at the end of it, then yeah, just blow us off. Never come back to this radio podcast again. Um, but I can almost promise you that at the end, you'll either want to get to know us and support us somehow or join us. So because you, because because you always say, you know, if this is your first time listening or if you've never heard of us. So if you've never heard of Real Life Superheroes, congratulations on picking this podcast because that's pretty impressive. I, I don't know if I would randomly pick this podcast. So I just wanted to shout that out. That's excellent. Thank you. Because you know what? We checked our stats today and we're over 46,000 listens. 46,000 listens. We get those uh, stats from Blog Talk Radio. They're they're kind enough to, to let you know, you know, who listens when and 
not not who you know specifically like I'm not going to come to your house, knock on your door and say thank you for listening. I I would if I we, could, but we know you're listening, James. Yeah, James, James, stop stop bugging us though. <laughs> anyway, um, we've got a really fun one on tonight, but before that, I'm just going to ask because we we want to make sure that that the real life superheroes we, we currently are the only radio show for real life superheroes. And don't let that scare you away. You know, if if uh, if you're not, we you know we encourage everybody to live a healthy, happy, helpful, safer life. And and anything that we talk about here can be applied to people who have no interest in being a real life superhero. Like tonight, for instance, our our topic is on street medics and what you can do if you should come upon someone in need of, of aid out there on the street. So, you know, real-life superhero, cape or not, you can use this episode. Uh, but before that, since we are the only um, real-life superhero show, we want to keep the RLSH, as we call them for short, um, on top of what's coming up for them in case they want to take part in certain real-life superhero activities around the country and um, around the world. So I'm going to give it to Nightbug for a minute so that he can uh, stop chewing his uh, pretzel sticks. And oh, man. <laughs> let Why us know what's going on. Oh, because uh, RLSH happenings. Uh, most of what I have is upcoming Warrior Dash, which we've done several times over. Not that it makes us badasses or anything, but it's a lot of fun and it raises money for the St. Jude Center for Cancer Research. St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. And St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital is amazing because if your child needs medical, oh my gosh, if they need anything, if they're going through especially cancer um, treatments, uh, they will house you, you know, the whole family and, and everything is, it's, it's free of charge. So that place is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And the next one coming up local to us, well, kind of local to us is in SoCal. That's March 30th. Uh, and there's also a couple more coming up. There's May 18th in Oregon and there's one in June in the Carolinas as well. And the impact. And there's one in there's together. One- Oh, well, as I said, there's also one in um, Indiana, because I know we got a guy who's going to be running that one. Sweet. I didn't, wow, Indiana, that would be different. When's that one? Uh, I don't have the date on that one. I'll look it up as, as we go through okay. the show, and I'll get to it later at the end okay. of the night. Um, yeah, or or you guys can go to warrior-you-know.com. Um, and the reason we're doing this is because uh, there is there is a real-life superhero that we – I don't think there's anybody in the real-life superhero community, world, what have you, that does not love Misfit. Um, and Misfit is – she is a bodybuilder and, like, the sweetest, most wonderful person you could ever meet. I mean, her energy and her spirit are just they're, – they're divine. They really are. Uh, and and I'm telling you this because if you've ever wanted an easier one to do, it's not like the Tough Mudders um, or anything like that. It's 3K, and there are obstacles, but you have the option to walk around the obstacles if you don't want to do them. Um, if they don't appeal to you, if they don't feel safe to you, don't do them. But the nice thing is if you join the Misfits team, and anyone in the world can join the Misfits for life, um, you will feel like you're part of a family. You will feel welcome. And you will feel supported and loved. And I can say that with um, complete confidence uh, because we've been taking part in this for almost 
seven years now. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think anyone who's ever joined the team has ever regretted it. They've they've gone on to start their own branches, like the one in the Carolinas is is uh, now headed by someone who did come and join the Misfits and just loved everybody. So think about that, you guys. Check out the warrior-.com or check out active-ism.com. That's Misfits website, isn't it? Active. I'll double check it. Yep, that's what it is. There you go. You think I'd read no after seven years. We, don't, we, we suck. We need to get these. Yeah. There you go. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, the, the Misfits team has raised over $156,000. That's a hundred. And $56,000 over the past six, six something years. Anyway, so there you go. Those are the upcoming uh, RLSH gatherings. And there is also in June or July, July, I believe, there will be a Project Hope. Um, that is a homeless outreach event. And you can check that out. I'm not going to go into detail about that one, but you can check that one out. Uh, and the website is, oh, my gosh, somebody throw me the Project Hope. <laughs> The Hope website. What is that? I'm sorry. You know, we do it so often that you think we'd have it memorized by now, but but we don't. That one's a long uh, you, name. That one's a bit longer. I think it's United Earth Hope Force. Is okay, so United one? United Earth Hope Force. Um, if you put that in your search bar, you'll find it. That's that's everybody, and and it's a big homeless outreach. I mean, big as in like hundreds of people are helped. Uh, and that's in San Diego. Um, and and that is smaller branches coming up too. Right there. I mean, Portland just had one. Kudos to you guys for that. That was amazing. Um, but it started in San Diego. Speaking of San Diego, how's that for a segue? Um, hey, we are so happy to have with us tonight. You know, she, she is um, not only um, the team medic for the Extreme Justice League in San Diego. She's also one of our three real life superhero recruit center heroes of the year. And, and I, you know, I don't think that's a title that, that is given lightly or taken lightly. I think that there are hundreds and hundreds of real life superheroes out there and only three are picked every year. And our guest is one of them for good reason. So without further ado, thank you. I was trying to think of a way to say that without saying that, because everyone says that, but now that you've said it, We'd like to bring on Nightingale of the Extreme Justice League. Woo! Welcome, Nightingale. Hello. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey. <laughs> nice. Wow, that applause, though. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you deserve it. Come on. They, you were on the bump. They shipped a whole studio audience for that. We did. We shipped it to studio. Come on. You're one of the heroes of the year. We had to have, we have all these people eating pretzels sitting around us with the night bug <laughs> and, um, you know, they're chilling. They just want to hear what, what you have to say tonight. So, so thank you for taking the time. We know you are busy. We, we know you are, um, God, um, is it okay? Well, it's absolutely I, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Oh no, we're, we're happy you have the time. Um, you know, I want to start it off with asking you, because I, I, I've known you a few years now, and I, I don't think I've ever asked you, what made you decide to pursue a career in the medical field? Um, well, before I became a nurse, I was an aircraft mechanic. I did that for about 10 years. What? Um, and I, what? Yeah. Oh, we're going to come back to that later, but that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, I love working with my hands, and as much as I like to fix things, I really wanted to work with people. I wanted to do something that was going to make life better for other people and a way to make my career about giving back. So I thought, you know what, nursing is just the perfect thing for me. Wow. Yeah, but, you, you know, I have friends who are pursuing a nursing career right now, and, oh, my God, you know, you see them on Facebook, you know, you see them in person, and, and before they start pursuing one, you know, it's, it's, they're just talking about anything, anything at all, you know, shooting the breeze with whatever. And then suddenly when they start to, you know, set, set the time aside and now they're going to pursue the nursing career, that's all you ever see. That's all you ever hear. It totally envelops <laughs> their life. That's it. So you find yourself, your interactions now are how can I support you? How can I help you through this? Because it's tough. It's not easy. You guys it, you it guys are really is. Nursing school is all consuming. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and and I only know that from watching them because you know all the tests you guys take. You know, I, I have to say, and I'm going to take this because I, I don't know if I've ever really thanked a nurse before. And my family's got, you know, doctors and nurses in it, but I've never thanked them. Um, like I want to do now because when I've been in the hospital, it wasn't the doctors that gave a damn. I hate to say they came in, they checked the chart. They talked to me for a minute. It was the nurses that were the ones who healed me or helped me to heal. So, you know, you guys, as far I appreciate I'm concerned, it, it's the truth, right? You know? Yeah. yeah. So um, I remember in nursing school, they always pushed the, the uh, saying that doctors treat disease, nurses treat patients? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I was, think that's, that's 90% of people could say, oh, yeah, it was the nurse. Yeah. Definitely. And was there a moment, like, was there an event or something where you went, that's it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a nurse? I just know. Or was it just, just it, it sounds like it was kind of organic, just like I'm helping people with my hands. I think now is the time to, to make this a profession. Well, when I became a aircraft mechanic, I, I worked for the Department of Defense. So for me, that was kind of step one. I, I thought, okay, I'm doing something patriotic. I'm helping my country. I'm helping to further the idea of peace and democracy. And then after a while, it was just empty. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it, it was always kind of in my blood to try to make the world a better place. I just had to hone it in and find exactly what my passion was. Excellent. I'm so glad you did because now we're having this conversation <laughs> and and <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, you know, my parents, I was saying we have doctors in the family. My cousins, my mom has one sister and this is a little bit of, of history only because my, it'll, it'll all tie in, I promise. Um, and, and my mom's sister has five kids. Four of them are doctors here in the States and one of them is, you know, a computer guy. So, they're our age, my, me and my siblings, you know, and our parents pushed us so much to be doctors or nurses that we, at a young age, honestly, we rebelled. And I wonder if they hadn't done that <laughs> because, <laughs> because I, you know, and I'm going to bust you out here. I, I love it because Nightingale is, is part Filipino. And, um, yeah. Oh, better hang up on her now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bug, who is married to a part Filipino, and I'm part Filipino, so it, it feels like if you guys know Filipinas, you know that we are in the nursing department a lot. 
Okay, in the medical field. I had to do that. I had to go there for a second, and, and don't, you, don't you bug me about that later impact. Um, but, uh, no promises. Yeah, okay, right? Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that um, if, if, uh, if they hadn't pushed, I would have done that. But I'll tell you right now, the side of blood, and every, I'm not going to lie, if we were out on patrol, I would rather have someone like you who, who could completely handle the side of blood, you know, the anything traumatic that could be going on out there. I don't know if it's just in our uh, genetic makeup, some of us, because my mom was like that too. She fainted. She tried to be a doctor, and she literally, you know, she just she kept fainting. So it never worked for her. So, yeah, that's, um, that's rough when you're a nurse and then you are being treated by the nurses around you. That's a bad day. Right. And that happened to her twice. So then she's like, okay, I, I can't do this. And I don't know if it's just that you're supposed to face your fears and just keep doing it. But I'm, I'm just happy there, there are people like you who, who are like, you know what? I got this. I'm, I'm okay with it. I step back. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um. <laughs> Because I read, I read you once wrote that I think your superpower was that you can calm people. Yeah. And yeah, and and can you tell me more about that? Because I I love that. Um. Well, it's definitely something that they concentrate a lot on in nursing school: how to make that clinical attachment to your patient. So. I mean, a lot of it is, is the tone of voice you use, making sure to maintain eye contact. Um, they call it clinical touch, where you can touch somebody in a, a place that's safe, the shoulder or in the upper back. Um, and it, it has a very soothing effect on people. And if you use the right tone of voice with it, it's disarming. So no matter how upset or crazy someone is, you have to have the right approach. And that is, uh, I think, something that we need out there um, as real-life superheroes who patrol um, and who, you know, who who could probably be, even before first responders get there, um, you know, you guys, you know, I'm just going to go into my next question for you because, for me, I'm dying to know. I never got to ask you these because every time we see each other, it's at Project Hope or something, and it's or at the Warrior Dash. It's really quick, so I never yeah. really get to ask you these things. So I'm so happy to do that now. So I'm skipping a few questions ahead, asking you, what is the scariest thing that you've come upon when you've been out on patrol with the Extreme Justice League? Ooh, well, I, oh gosh, I would say either. It's kind of a toss-up between two, and, and both involved weapons. Um, one time we were threatened with a firearm in the middle of downtown, um, and it, it was just three of us on patrol that night. Um, we were able to keep him calm enough, of course, and nothing bad ended up happening. The police got there and ended up taking him to jail. Um, but luckily nobody was hurt. And the other time I was leading patrol and I had a knife pulled out on me, um, but I was able to talk him down and get him calm before the police showed up as well. Wow. So, yeah, weapons. Uh, Discordia in the um, 
in the chat room is saying firearms are scary to do. Yeah, that, I mean, there's the fear of firearms. Itself. I'm here. You're you're out there hoping that you, you know, can be of service if if someone does get hurt. Not hoping that someone's hurt, but you know, if they are, that you're there, and then you have to deal with a threat, you know, of bodily harm yourself. That's that's double jeopardy. That's scary. So, uh, wow. Um, now, you know, those who don't... me, were you asking medically huh? the scariest thing? <laughs> I said, yeah, well, you know, it might no, have been referring fine. to medically. Yeah, no, 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 medically, yeah, but you know what? Honestly, either I... of those could lead to a medical situation. Exactly, clearly, so. exactly, and I'll be <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that people listening, I mean, if there's anybody, uh, you know, who, who comes on the show that we interview and, and we know they go on patrol, I think that everybody kind of wants to hear everybody else's scariest moment because then it makes your moment maybe not feel so, you know, so, I don't know, um, horrifying <laughs> because that's what it feels yeah. like in the moment, you know, so, um, you know, but yeah, medically too, what, what was the scariest thing you, for, because you're calm. But for maybe the person you were you were working on, what was the scariest? Um, I think the scariest was we came we came upon a woman who was overdosing. Um, oh, we never got an, exactly what she was on. We knew it had to have been some kind of a narcotic. Um, she did admit to using drugs, but after a lot of pressing and pressing and. I mean, her vital signs were all over the place. She couldn't make eye contact. She started to fade in and out of consciousness. Um, and then, like, she started frothing at the mouth, and we were like, okay, this is a serious situation. Oh, my. Um, I think wow. that was by far the scariest, because as she was fading in and out of consciousness, I was like, okay, this is going to be a CPR moment anytime now. Wow. Did it get to that, or or did they get their uh, – did the versus – Responders get there. I mean, the um, EMTs get there yeah, the, to do it. The EMTs luckily did get there, but I monitored her heart rate the entire time, made sure she was on her side and in recovery position and just keeping her stable until they got there. Okay. On the side. Now, on the side, is that in case she vomits? Um, yes. Yeah. So in case she vomits or in case she starts to seize, that way we can control her head, make sure it's not banging against the ground. Um, recovery position is just the safest all round. Wow. So that's on your side. Yeah. So I, either side is fine, but um, the knees bent up a little bit to support the body and the arm that's closest to the ground bent up to support the head. Now, see, I'm thinking... And I'm sure Impact and uh, let's see who have we got who's got on you've got a couple people yeah. on it oh I've got Red Ranger Echo is on hold too um uh, I think that Impact would probably agree that it's sounding like almost time for a workshop or a video for for this it's, it, because you can watch these or you can attend first aid you know um, but pertaining to real life superheroes or you know anybody on patrol like this it, it's not really specific to that so and and I'm not in any way trying to you know oh there's one answer for this and one answer for that I know there's a lot that goes into well you have to consider this before you try that you know because yeah. there are some factors so so I, I'm in no way you guys advocating that hey this this is a one-size-fits-all answer for that 
you know, so, um, but man, it would be great if, if we could get you to do either, uh, you know, even a basics video um, that could be shared among our real life superheroes, yeah. you know, um, and in a way where it doesn't, it, it doesn't leave you liable for anything that could happen. Just, you know, one of those, hey, this is usually one of the best things that you can do. Here's what could happen, you know, type of thing. So just an idea. I don't know. Yeah, I'd love I'd, it. I'd absolutely be happy to take part. Yeah. What do you think, in fact? Well, that would be super I think helpful. I a great huh? idea. Yeah. Um, I actually have a question for you, kind of along those lines. For and So what, if, what would be the most common issues you you yourself would look for like and i don't necessarily mean like a stab wound i mean like you know um drug overdose or uh alcohol or something you know what i mean yeah yeah i would say the the things that i see the most in in the medic training with the xjl what i really try to focus on is alcohol poisoning um Head trauma, because often when people are fighting or if there's an accident, that's the first thing you worry about is, okay, was the head hurt? Um, and then overdose, either alcohol or drugs. But we, we see more alcohol, of course. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and those of you listening who don't know where um, – you guys do a lot of in the um, Gaslight District, right, of San Diego? Yeah, downtown San and that, Diego. Yeah. And, and that's – it, for those who haven't been there, there's a lot. There are so many bars and restaurants. I mean, it's a fun place. <laughs> but, yeah, it, people can get so wasted over there. I've seen it. Um, and, in fact, we patrolled with you guys one time, and we came upon someone who had – it must have just happened. Um, we saw him hit the fence. Yeah, I saw him hit the fence on his way down. And um, poor guy, he was out there by himself, no one around him and he still had his wallet on him anybody could have rolled him and it was obviously alcohol related so it's it's, it's I'm glad you guys are out there because the area really needs it thank you yeah I uh, think a lot of the problem here is that not only do are we a military town we're also a college town so when you combine those two Friday and Saturday nights are just it's party heaven here Oh, my God, right, right. Whew. And then add to it, you know, like um, San Diego Comic-Con and the whole mm-hmm. either week of, you know, it just it gets insane over there. So, ooh, party town. Um, I was going to ask you, I'm glad you asked that, Impact, because I, I had the same question, and um, I'm wondering what was it like for you to first go out as a team medic? I mean, that's a lot of responsibility right there. It is. um, Honestly, I joined the team specifically to be a medic. Um, I I had come across the team before I even knew the RLSH community existed. I saw some of them walking down the street one night, and I just thought they were cosplayers. So took a photo with them, (laughs) and then the next day was like, I have no idea who these people are, so started researching um, my oldest son, Ice, was actually the one who went, oh, those are San Diego superheroes. And it was like a light went off. And I was like, well, I need to be a part of this. Uh, uh, there was that moment. See, we were wondering, what was that moment? Okay, there we go. That yeah, that, that that's awesome. Pretty, that's a pretty awesome moment. Um, it was. And after doing some research, I realized, you know, they've got just about everything, but 
I don't see anything medic-focused, like so I figured, you know what, I would be perfect. Now, see, the reason why, you know, and I'm not, I don't want to push, but I love, I love the idea of you putting out a video out there because, honestly, um, there, there's a group here in the Castro District of San Francisco, and again, for people who don't know, um, the Castro District is is gay, and we love it, but it does come under fire. There are a lot of homophobic people who come in, and they will just target the LGBTQ community. Mm. And there's a group that's been out there for years now called um, the, uh, oh gosh, I don't want to say Street Castro Patrol. Street Patrol. Simple as that. Castro Street Patrol. These guys are so organized and, um, and they, they have training you have to go through before you can join them. Um, and they have everybody's assigned a position. There are three major positions, and then in in each patrol, there has to be at least three people. And I'm bringing this up because the person who makes the call there there's no medic involved because you know if you get three people who've just met, you know the, the chances of, of one of them being medically trained is is pretty slim. But um, what they do is they always make sure that there's a caller, that there is a caller who can identify where they are and who um, can call 911. And unfortunately, they don't do a lot of, uh, they, they do basic first aid, you know, uh, to an extent. And that's yeah. it because they can't train. They can't possibly train that many volunteers because they get a lot of volunteers coming in so they, they don't have the resources to train that many people and that's why I'm thinking if there were a video out there every freaking team could memorize this stuff because that's what it needs to be right knee jerk so you're not when you're under duress you're you know reduced to to your most basic thinking and you can't remember is it this is it that so if it's knee jerk you know Tara said this yeah oh, Tara. muscle memory <laughs> Exactly. Muscle. I'm calling, if you guys hear me call her Tara, Tara Viridian is her name on Facebook. So, um, but her real life superhero name is Nightingale. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that I think we would memorize the hell out of that video. You know, we just watch it over and over and over again, just to make sure that we supplement our, our, you know, not that I'm saying it's going to take the place of, of a first responder class or, you know, basic first aid course, but being that you're a nurse and that you've been out there on the street, boots on the ground, you know, we could get so much more from you than, than we could from, you know, the courses alone. I, so, I do uh, think that there is a lack of focus on classes. I mean, lack of, there's no focus on a street medic. I, I've not been able to find anything really that focuses on what we do. See, and that's that's exactly it. The only ones that I've seen, and and there was, in fact, there when researching this, there were a couple of articles I saw. Uh, there was one um, in the Pacific Standard, and it was last January, and it was talking about the this fact. The title is "Inside the Vicious Crackdown on Street Medics," and you know the article is about by jailing medics, the government is stifling its citizens' basic right to protest. So, um, wow. right, exactly. I, I, you know, I'm going to send you this article. No, it's, it's, it's amazing, right, that, that they would do this. But if you think about it, the right to protest, you know, if, if you know that a street medic isn't out there, like uh, during Occupy, there were so many street medics out there. 
and they needed them because, I mean, I think um, during Occupy, you saw the most injuries, you know, in, in our generation that we've seen out there for, you know, peaceful protests that just went bad. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that you're not seeing a lot of street medic training and, and none for the real-life superhero movement. So um, you could start something. <laughs> Like, well, especially since it seems like the more prevalent protesting is, the more of those like workshops pop up. I mean, like when Occupy was big over here, they were offering left and right street medic classes and uh, de-escalation courses that it was easy to attend. And now a lot of those groups, it's few and far between. Yeah. At least over here. Exactly. Um, a sky man is hi sky. He is one of our Seattle real life superheroes. He is saying, I want slash need that training yesterday. Steve, you've already got people who want it. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll definitely it, have to look into it more. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think that, uh, one of the things that we could do to help you would be to just ask people to think about, you know, questions that you have for Nightingale. If you want to call in, as a matter of fact, we're, we're welcoming you. Would you mind Nightingale answering some um, questions from our callers? No, not at all. I'd be more than happy to. Okay. Our, our call in number, you guys is area code 646-564-9700. Again, it's 646-564-9700. Six four ninety seven hundred, and this is important. If you want to talk to her or talk to any of us, you have to press the number one when they ask you to, because that gives us a little um, light that says, "Hey, this person isn't just listening in; they actually want to call and um, ask questions." So uh, don't forget, press that one. Um, and you know what? I think we're what we're going to do right now is bring in. Um, the medic for the team, um, the Echo team, the Emerald City um, Heroes organization, uh, and that that is Red Ranger. Hey, Red Ranger, welcome. Hey there, how's it going? Good to talk hey, to you guys again. Hey, how's it going, Impact? Good. How are you? We had to give all the listeners something to do. So, yay! Um, right on, right on. I saw that you had your button pressed. So, uh, did you have any questions for Nightingale? Uh, no, I have a lot of praise though. Uh, <laughs> big fan of Nightingale. Also, uh, nurse in training over here. Uh, seen it for a long time. Nurse delegatable, but uh, currently about halfway through my program right now. Uh, and so Wonderful. I just congratulations. Big, Good luck. Big, yeah, no, you were hitting all the marks. Good job, Nightingale. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, that's awesome. Didn't know you were going through that. That's fantastic. Woo. I think actually, I think it's, it's great. I think if, if you're going to be a street medic out here, you know, all the, tra- the more training, the better. So uh, kind of similar to 90, I mean, I've always been pursuant of this, but like just sort of also in line with the uh, wanting to be a street medic and, and be a hero in the streets, you know, you want as much training as you can get. So this is, like you guys have already talked about, I mean, nurses are just, there's no other word than badass. So, you know, just, yeah. I was, I was going for that training is in my opinion, I think it's one of the most, uh, sound bits of training you can get. Well, oh, I, you know, I agree more, you know, we all think it's, 
razzle and dazzle to go out there and save a life, but what's going to save a life faster, being able to punch someone or being able to stop a serious bleed? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Okay, no, I think we're going to use that as a uh, – we're going to steal that right there, what you said, and use it as a bumper <laughs> for another show because <laughs> that is the absolute truth. Everybody wants to find their amazing costume and be dark night shadow, you know, savior. Warrior of death. Warrior, warrior right? Right. But then they get out there and somebody's laying there bleeding and, you know, like I said, what do they do? Like pass out like me or freak out or something? No, you know, that's you. Look at the camera and shrug. Look at the camera and shrug. Yeah. (laughs) I know know when my team goes out, we care more about making sure we have one person with the first aid training on each patrol than we do about one person who's like ready to roll. Like excellent. We have a few guys. Like half our team is probably first aid certified, of various degrees, and and it's more imperative to us to have one of those guys than one of the guys who have martial arts experience. Yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and that's, well-rounded. Absolutely. That's the same for us in San Diego. There always has to be a medic on the patrol, and we're fortunate enough to have. I mean, not just myself, who's a medic, but we have other people that are highly trained in first aid and we even um night is a certified paramedic so i mean we we're well covered wow yeah, I nice. that. that's fantastic wow yes nice. yeah i gotta come patrol with you guys again <laughs> <laughs> um I, you know i think uh what i what i love is you know everybody loves firefighters you know and, and people when you ask someone hey who do you think are real life superheroes in you know real life and the first thing they say is, oh, firefighters, you know, usually it's firefighters. So I think that the medics in the real-life superhero community, the, the ones who have the, the medical training, you guys are our version of the firefighters, you know. So it's like um, it's kind of the elite thing to do. And I'm not trying to build it up that much. It just I have always envied people who, okay, honestly, I've been watching too much Walking Dead. Way um, too much. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, really eight, eight and a half seasons in what? What did we do a oh, month? A little month and a half. So I oh my God. Okay, okay. Oof. Just, just really quick. We're gonna take two seconds to back this up because it comes up a lot now on our shows. I watched The Walking Dead one one episode when it came out in what 2010, and I loved it. But our son was much younger back then, and there's no way we could ever watch it because we tried to watch it after he went to bed and everything. But you know, it's it's like he'd freak out. So we never watched it. And then Bug just started it about a month ago, month and a half, right after the New Year, and said, "I'm gonna start watching this again." I watched it, and watched another one, and watched another one, and it was I I am hooked. I'm just a freak now for The Walking Dead. So. I honestly wanted to ask you, Nightingale. I know it's TV, but they have a lot of amputations on that show. Yeah, I do. I said, I got to ask. I got to ask. Can you really tie a tourniquet, a belt around, say, your arm? Say a zombie bites you on the arm, and they want to cut that limb off, you know, before it infects it. Just without the whole zombie infection thing, can you really cut a limb off by just tightening up that tourniquet and, and hoping you get to, you know, medics on time to a hospital before you bleed out. Is that really possible? Um, 
without proper training, no. And you know what? A belt is the last. I mean, it's such a bad, bad oh, decision yeah. to be made. <laughs> I mean, if if you're using an actual tourniquet, then I mean, for life saving device, they can be amazing. I really don't encourage the average person to carry them. Um, especially if you live in a place where paramedics can get to you within 10 to 15 minutes, um, they, by an untrained person, they do more harm than good. Okay. Um, but if you have the proper training, technically, if a zombie bites you, yes, sure. <laughs> but I would say it's better than nothing. It. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you either chop the arm off and hope you don't bleed to death or you die from the zombie bite. So either way, you're in trouble. You're screwed, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I thought, I thought they do that way too often there. I'm going, you guys. Now, of course, that's silly. I'm asking us to suspend our disbelief on a show where there's walking dead. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. I, and, oh, I also wanted to ask you, because Bug and I were going, hmm, I wonder what it would be. What would be your weapon of choice? This is so silly. We'll get back to the main questions, but I swear, I was like, she's going to be on the show. I have to ask her. If you were going to be a zombie killer, what would be your weapon of choice? Ooh. Um, pole arm. Pole arm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I'm not go. very tall. I don't know if people know this. I'm, I'm not tall, so... No. I'd want something to give me some reach, keep them far away, something I could swing but also poke with. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd go with a pole arm. Perfect. Perfect. And who's taller, you or Miss Fit, by the way? Because I, I, don't, I don't remember if I saw a picture of you two next to each other. Oh, I think everyone's taller than Miss Fit. Wow. No offense. Yeah. But I, I she's have her by person. like two inches. Okay. <laughs> but she could kill all of us with those arms. Yeah, I mean, she let's, could. Let's be real. Amen. Okay, yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. Getting, getting back on track. I apologize. I just, I swear, I was going. I, I have to ask her. I absolutely have to ask. What her. would your weapon um, be, Rock? Uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta be like. There's a girl on of my, my girl. If, if, uh, well, no, my bisexuality is not a secret. Uh, my girl that I'm leaving Nightbug for is Denai Guerrera. That would be Michonne on The Walking Dead, and it would be Okoye on Black Panther. I am in love with her. So it would be the sword. <laughs> I, you know, I think only because we are, we're, we've been trained in, um, in blades, several different blades anyway. So it, it feels like it's more at home to me. So that, you know, it would be that. Yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> I got to go with the stick, though. I like Morgan's, uh, Morgan's staff yeah. because if he loses it, you can get another one, and you can sharpen another one. And plus, it's it's hard for anything okay. to get near you while you're twirling that around. We are we are so far. I'm so. I'm, 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 I'm with Bug on this one. Okay, you're gonna go with the staff. Staffs are great. I love staffs. Oh, yeah. I love my staff. Um, oh, yeah. I I'm so sorry, Nightingale. I apologize, you guys. It's it's. Oh uh, no, not at all. This is <laughs> yeah, it's all good. <laughs> we'll do another show on this, but. Um, I just, I, like I said, I had oh, to I, I did have a, I did have an actual thought um, because okay. of the tourniquet thing. Um, okay. So in college, I and I'm, it lasts now, but for a while I was actually um, wilderness first aid certified. And while right. it's not necessarily the same, it's not necessarily the same in a city as it would be in the actual wilderness. It actually is a really good booster for your street medic training. 
because while you can't technically – so the idea behind wilderness first aid is when you're an hour outside of um, – when you're an hour into the backcountry, you basically have more freedom to do stuff. Um, so they teach you to look at more things like they help where you get better training at identifying what a spinal injury might look like or, you know, dealing with, um, uh, you know, pu- like puncture wounds on your organs. They tell you how to look for that stuff. So while you can't actually use it in the streets, it at least tells you kind of look how to look for it a little bit better. So it is a good thing to, to consider doing if you are your kinesthetic and you don't have access to an EMT course. Dude, uh, I'm all down for that. You're talking about punctures and looking for spinal. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think the more that we can we can get, you know, um, the better for our team. So even if you're not going to be out on the street, you know, I mean, out in the the woods, it, this is stuff you can carry with you. Um, that'd be fantastic to have if you're uh, just you by yourself, because, you know, one of the, one of the selling points I had, I was trying to let people know, even if you're not a real life superhero, this stuff can help you because um, just like with what impact was saying, you're out in the woods and, and say, it's just you, just you or you and someone else, at least you'll know, you know, how to, how to survive a little longer. And that's the name of the game today. So um and with that, I want to ask you, because there's so much debate out there, what would you say every real-life superhero should carry in their pack as far as first aid? Um, I won't make it list every single thing, but um, as far as, you know, what, what are the basics that you think that Nightbug and I should have? Anybody, anybody who's going out there? Um, well, First and foremost, hand sanitizer. Um, yes. Thank you. You want to yep. be able to protect yourself, and in protecting yourself, you're protecting others. So hand sanitizer every single time you go out. Um, I also recommend gloves. Um, if yeah. you do have to treat someone with a bleeding open wound, ideally you don't want that on your fingers because you could have microscopic little cuts on your hands that you don't even know are there. And then oh. you're exposed to all those pathogens. Um, as far as treating wounds, if you have access to get an abdominal pad, those are highly absorbent. If not, a maxi pad works just as well. Um, so I normally recommend for just the average starter pack some normal saline or um, purified water. A maxi pad, hand sanitizer, gloves, a CPR mask, just in case, um, and then Coban. I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with that name, but Coban yeah, is one. the stretchy material that people use after you get your blood drawn. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking mm. about? It's, yep. It sticks together, but it, it stretches. So Coban is great because it's very versatile. If you're dealing with somebody with a bad wound, slap a maxi pad on there and then wrap it with Coban. That'll add compression to help stop the bleed. Um, And you don't have to stand there holding that cut for as long. Um, Nice. If someone twists an ankle, you can use it to add compression for that reason. If, I mean, for whatever reason that you would need to use tape, you can use Coban. If you need compression, you can use Coban. It's, 
it's like the one-stop shop for everything. We're, and those of you who are trying to, we're, we're compiling a list as, as she's telling us this. So we will post that um, on the Heroes 101 Facebook site. So if, you, if you're going, wait, I haven't written it down. We're, we're getting all that. Um, CPR mask. So, uh, yeah, I've got the hand sanitizer, the gloves. Um, got the, I don't have the CPR mask. Definitely don't have the Coban. I, so we can go and walk into Walgreens or CVS or the equivalent and find Coban there. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen it in the dollar store. First aid supplies will have it. It's it's a very common thing. Usually it comes in most first aid kits, at least the ones I've picked up. Nice. Okay. This is fantastic. We need this. Um and you're right, you know, I never thought about that. The the tiny little microscopic, you know, cuts on your hands. We go out and do needle pickup a lot and I try not to touch mm-hmm. the needles with a bare hand. Uh ever. We have those grabbers. Yeah. And then we have gloves. Nice. And, yeah, and I, I think I told Bug one time, don't pick up that needle with your bare hands. And you did. And uh, One time. One time, yeah. But even one time, right? Isn't one time enough to, you don't know what's on there. Yeah. You know? One is scary. Yeah, I mean, even something as benign as like an ingrown nail or the little hangnails we all get on the side of our fingers. I mean, that yeah. can be an open area for exposure to pathogens. Holy merit. Okay, yeah, we're not going out there ever again without gloves on everyone to make sure. We've been doing it so long, I'm getting, you know, going, okay, you know, what, what are the odds? <laughs> you know, the longer you do it, the more chance you have of something happening. So I, I don't want to get scared away from doing that, but thank you. I'm I'm glad Bug is here listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, gloves are essential. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, um, I actually carry. I have a pouch in my my duty belt that's in my uh my patrol belt that actually is dedicated solely to gloves. So like if I find a needle or if I find somebody that needs help, I can just immediately glove up right there. Like I always yeah, have I, like at least twenty gloves on me. I keep <laughs> I keep gloves in multiple locations too, so that if I if I'm leaning against something or if I have one knee down and I can't quite reach my pack, I've got it on my thigh my thigh holster. If I can't reach that, then I have another pouch on my ankle that I can grab it out of. Oh, my goodness. That's an excellent wow. Okay, we're noting that, too. So, yeah. Great idea. If you're um, going to have them on, you want them on quick. So you don't want to spend all day or all night getting your gloves on. That's not helping anybody. Yeah, you know, and, and that's another thing. Like we were talking about before, muscle memory, you know, knee-jerk response, Um it's good to go out and practice scenarios and, and with those, uh, you know, with that, I'd, I'd like to ask you, um, what to do, uh, for, can I throw a couple of, of, you know, hypotheticals, a couple of little scenarios at you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first one, and then that actually happened to us when we were out in San Diego, but luckily we had so many of, you know, there, there was, in fact, Night Owl was with us too when we went with the XGL during this one, so he was, he was on it. Um, now, um, and Sky is saying that he's helped Ranger glove up one time. I guess he helped you uh, <laughs> get those gloves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one time I think he had to help me because uh, they were too small or something like that, and yeah, oh, that's another man. thing. Make sure you have the right gloves on you, like you don't want to be trying to, like, squeeze yourself into improper equipment, you know? Always oh, make sure yeah. you're carrying the right stuff. Yeah. There you go to start with. 
Um, okay, so you come upon someone uh, and they're just laying on the street. They're just they're laying on their back and you can't see any visible signs of, you know, just anything that's happened. What is one of the first things that you would tell us to do? Well, first of all, scene safety. You want to look around, make sure that if you're going to be treating that patient, that there's not any weapon. Because if people are unconscious and they suddenly wake up, a lot of times they wake up fearful. Um, so you want to make sure that they're not carrying any weapons or that there's not any needles sitting around them. Maybe it's an overdose situation. You don't want to kneel down on a needle. Um and then just the basic assessment would be to try to wake them up, shake their shoulder. You know, like they teach you in CPR, hey, are you awake? Wake up um, while you're patting them pretty firmly to try to get them to wake up. Um, my next step would be a sternum rub. If I can't get them to wake up just by shouting and tapping them, um, you just take your the two knuckles of your first two fingers and rub it up and down their sternum, which is the, the large breastbone in the middle of your chest. Um, if you try that right now, you'll figure out why you do that. It hurts. It, it can be pretty yeah. painful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if, if somebody's unconscious but still able to wake up, that should wake them up pretty quickly. Um, I know some people carry smelling salts. I don't recommend it. Uh, you never know what kind of allergies people have or if they have asthma um, or any kind of breathing disorder that could really mess up their sinuses. So I really recommend against smelling salts. Um, but a good sternum rub normally is enough to get somebody moving. Um, if they are not responding to a sternum rub, then check for pulse. Um, look down to see if their breath or their chest is rising and falling, if there's any signs of life at all. Um, in this scenario, if there are signs of life, then jump on the phone, call 911, and just continue to monitor until they get there. Um, if there are not signs of life, call for help, jump on the phone, get paramedics on the way, and then start CPR. Just And... and, and- I know that this has changed a bit. Um, you know, they used to have where you would uh, breathe in uh, and and do the chest compressions. And now, it, is it true that now that uh, um, they're they're talking about more chest compressions than than the breathe, the actual breathing into the mouth? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, yeah, unless you have a CPR mask, our compression only CPR is what's recommended. That's what I thought. I was thinking that um, I remembered that from our last CPR class, and I went, wait, we're totally getting rid of the breathing? Because I, I guess the, the chest compressions do, it does supply oxygen, you know, via the, the blood anyway to the brain, right? Yeah. So there's, there's oxygen in our blood all the time, and as long as you're keeping that moving, it'll be enough at least to keep life in there until somebody with uh, – more gear can help them out better. Now, you know, you mentioned the chest rub and, and uh, Bug and I were thinking that when we were bouncers, we remember that when people, we were trying to keep them awake uh, for the paramedics to get there and we knew that they had mixed, 
you know, certain drugs with alcohol that you're not supposed to mix. And, and the chest, I don't know if we were supposed to or not, but I would always see the, uh, the bouncers doing the chest rub on people to keep them conscious uh, as long as they could until the, until help got there. So um, I don't know. I don't know. Was that the right thing to do when you're saying, I, it's, I know it's, it's, it's pretty vague saying, well, they mixed drugs with alcohol. But uh, that seemed to well, be no, the, the biggest thing. It's a great way to keep people awake, especially in a situation where there's a suspected overdose, because their pain threshold isn't going to be the same as if they were completely sober. So it's going to hurt, but it's not like you're doing any damage. You wouldn't be able to break their sternum just by rubbing your knuckles over it. Yeah. Okay. Plus, if you're trying to keep somebody alive from a drug overdose situation, what we're looking at at drug overdose, the real big danger is respiratory depression. So by keeping someone awake, they will be conscious of their breaths, and they'll probably keep breathing a lot more. But we see the danger in people stop breathing when they go to sleep on an overdose. They can, the respiratory mm-hmm. depression gets so bad that they, they'll stop breathing, and that's where, that's where death occurs. So by keeping them awake, you're, you're also making sure that they can keep breathing. You know, so that's that's another keeping them awake is keeping them alive. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Uh, in, in all seriousness, you know, we usually come here on the show and and when we talk about real life superhero stuff, you know, it can be fun, it can be you know real uh, heated, you know, and and such. But talking about this, it really does suddenly turn the whole real life superhero gig, the real life, you know, the commitment you have into something completely serious and something that sure we joke about it. We take selfies, you know, we pose out there, but the one time when you encounter this, you realize you're going out there, you better damn well know at least the basics um, to help somebody or really how are you helping them? Because you're probably not going to stop a drug den on your patrol. You know, you're probably, oh, I know, I'm sorry, guys. I know, watch, everybody just hung up all the real life. I quit, I quit. They quit, they just hung up their cape. Time to hang up the cape. <laughs> right, right. But what what you're probably more, you know, what's probably going to happen is is a lot of what the XGL sees. You're going to see people who are out there and who've uh, imbibed a little too much or, you know, um, haven't had enough water and dehydration, you know, happens. And, you know, that's what you're probably going to see. So if you're really thinking that you're going to be a real life superhero savior person, the first aid thing is it's non-negotiable. You have to have it. Um, So, uh, Oh, you know what? We've got a surprise in a few minutes. We'll see. I'm not going to say anything. If it happens, it happens. But uh, um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we might get to that, but okay. Let me give you another um, another scenario because you already mentioned it earlier. I'm glad you brought it up, but uh, you see people getting into a fight, and somebody and this has happened too. We've seen that somebody takes a good hit to the jaw or wherever they got hit in the face. They go oh, yeah, down. I've seen that a million times. Right, right. They yeah. Hit their head and and suddenly now they've hit their head on the ground. You heard it go down, you know, um, and now they're down there. So once scene safety is established and team members can pull people apart, do whatever they have to do, what can you do for that person? What should you do for that person? Well, once there's a head trauma involved, 
I mean, it is all about just keeping them stable, keeping them awake, and getting 911 on the phone immediately. There's really nothing we can do on the street to treat that. If there's a bleed, you can put pressure to stop the bleed, but if there's a concussion or any trauma inside of the brain or inside the head, there's literally nothing we can do. So call 911 and just if they're unconscious, put them in the recovery position that we talked about earlier. Um, make sure they're not bleeding out and just try to keep them safe. And the recovery would, position, one more time for anybody who came in a little late. That's going to be on the side. Either side is fine. Um, the arm closest to the ground should be bent up to support the head and neck. And then knees bent. Otherwise, if they're straight, they're just going to roll back over. Yeah. Yep. That was nothing else. I would say also for that. Away the recovery. Is, oh yeah. Is there any um, concern about keeping the spine straight when you put them in that position? Um, if they've received any trauma, absolutely. But I mean, if you're just rolling somebody over who's drunk and you don't want them to vomit, then it's it's not if, necessary. If if you don't know why they are on the ground, would you would you assume? Well, you oh, could, if, would if you be careful? On the and I've got no idea why. Then absolutely keep the try to keep the head and spine aligned. Um, so even if that were the situation, and I suspected that there might have been head or neck trauma, I'll do a two-person log roll if if that's a possibility for me, which just means one person holds the head um, stationary while we turn, so that you're turning the body with the head in one motion and then support the head so that you're keeping the neck perfectly aligned. Okay. That makes perfect sense. That does because otherwise you're just doing more damage, you know, here. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's another thing, you know, with everything that uh, say we get the, the, the video, you know, forthcoming and everything else, it's it's just (laughs) as important to know what not to do. Don't go out gung ho and do what you see in the movies, you know, or TV, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> otherwise we'd all be chopping off limbs with belts wrapped around our arms. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's super important, um, you know, and the thing that I've seen too out there uh, is when someone's drunk friend wants to help and, you know, they, they think that, you know, they're earnestly really trying to help, but, Oh my God! They're doing more damage, you know, by yeah. by trying to shake their friend away or whatever it is. It's it's um, that's another thing, you know. It's 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 important to have the other team, one of your teammates, tending to anyone else in the crowd, so that you can work on who you need to work on, you know, at the time. Um, speaking of working on, I wanted to ask you about the Good Samaritan laws out there or, or whatever, if there is actually a law, but I know there are good Samaritan. Um, yeah, I guess there's a law, isn't there? Uh, can, we can, have would here. you have yeah, those there in, in, in Seattle? Yeah, we have them here in Seattle. Okay. I think, are they, here. are they just across the country? There's a good Samaritan law that'll cover you in case you try to do something to help a person. In, in need of medical attention to an extent, of course. But, um, I think it's state ever... by state, but 
I, I don't know. I know that as nurses, just you're always obligated to intervene when you see that. So there's that level of protection. But I know that at least in the state of Washington, that uh, if you stop to help somebody, you can't be held liable as long as you're doing everything you can to help them. Yeah. I, I know here in California, um, for like the average lay person, it's basically if you're doing what you, what the average person would do to help sustain life or limb, you're okay. Um, it's not going to cover you if you come across somebody who has a laceration and you pull out a needle and thread. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> Not oh yeah, that's the Samaritan law. That's 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 not covered. <laughs> no, we're talking about so life life saving. Not, yeah, yeah. There's, there's in, reason limits. In fact, I, I learned well, it as within your own knowledge base. You did, like you exactly. can't your own. You can't exceed your own knowledge base. So yeah, like don't, I was trained as a life, I was trained as a lifeguard. I can only do what I learned in that lifeguard training, and not what an EMT would know. Now, right. that makes perfect sense. Because, in fact, Bug just pulled it up on the Good Samaritan Law. Uh, was It offers legal protection to people who give reasonable assistance to those yeah. who are yeah. or who believe to be, you know, they believe to be injured, ill. And that makes sense, reasonable assistance. Like you said, you can't just start doing spinal surgery, you know, out there on the street because you've always wanted to yeah. try it. And, look, there's someone there, you know, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy, and now they trake somebody. <laughs> oh, God. That, you know what? That's another thing. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. The whole choking thing, you know, where you take, what is it, uh, even, in, I've seen even, what, an empty ballpoint pen, such and such. Yeah. And Now, that just kind of makes me insane. Like, are you really going to know where to stab that hole? Um I, I don't know. What what are your thoughts? If someone's choking, um, would you ever if someone's choking when you use the Heimlich? Yeah, you do not go straight for Saw movie tactics. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Palahniuk's choke, yeah, where he described, okay, so you could take any, you know, hollow tube and, and, and oh, God, that's I'm thinking – that's you like, missed. That's like what you do with a little. That's like what you say with a little kid, like, "Oh, you hurt your arm. I guess we have to cut it off now." Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or or the lethal weapon. Hey, I think you might have a dislocated shoulder. Let me slam you into a wall because I've seen them do that. It'll work, right? You know, and oh, um, kind. Of, if <laughs> you need the right angle, from experience, you need the right angle. Sure. To be clear for all the listeners, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> No, no, yeah. no, don't do that at all. <laughs> Heroes 101 does not recommend <laughs> Anyway, we don't recommend doing anything that uh, just just leave the, just get the basic first aid training um, if you can't if get no anything Gibson else. If no Gibson did it, then you should not. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good rule for life, right? <laughs> I used to love Mel Gibson, but, you know, anyway, uh, you know, we have uh, time for a couple more um, questions from people. So if you've got, we have quite a few people in the chat room. Uh, if you guys have questions, 
for we've got Echo on. Uh, well, we've got Echo. We've got Red Ranger of Echo, and we've got Nightingale of the Extreme Justice League. So uh, between these two guys, now is your chance. Hey, EI even asked Walking Dead questions. Come on, we can <laughs> we can ask some some actual questions about um, hey, what. Rock, you I actually know. thought of something here. So we were talking about that list that you would carry. Nightingale had a, a working list going. I want to I want to add one thing to that list, uh, especially depending on what you're planning for, like what kind of patrol you're planning for. So, for example, up here in Seattle, we also do a lot of uh, protest patrols. Um, mm-hmm. So we do get every year, you know, there are some pretty heavy, big protests that occur in the city, and that has led to big police presences, lots of clashing with flashbangs and tear gas and pepper spray, things like that. So every time we go into one of these situations, I always carry Sudocon wipes. Um, Sudocon wipes are basically a product. It's a like a Kroger wipe kind of is what it looks like. And it basically is a solution that alleviates the effects of pepper spray. And uh, you just, you take that and you rub the pepper spray away from the eyes. And it'll, it'll usually do a lot of good to help treat the pain. Uh, I always, also always carry that because I carry pepper spray on me on patrol. So one thing we always champion is if you roll on our team and you are prepared to do any kind of damage, we are also prepared to heal it. So, mm. or treat it. So if we're carrying pepper spray, we're also carrying the ability to make pepper spray feel less hurt you know? <laughs> uh, that That's a yeah. great point. I'd also like to add, if they're having a hard time finding those wipes, Johnson's and Johnson's, uh, baby shampoo works really well as well. What? Yeah. Seriously? Okay, so Johnson. I was actually going to bring that up also because Nate taught me that one. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you'll see a lot of people running out there. Like I said, we're compiling that list of um, stuff for uh, you know anyone. If you guys didn't get everything on the list, we've got it. Nightbug's been taking. Johnson Johnson baby shampoo. Who knew? Wow. Speaking of, uh, let's see, baby shampoo and tear gas and all that stuff. There, there's someone on hold right now. Do you want to talk to us, 305 area code? Because if you do, press number one, and then that lets us know that you want to talk to us. I hope you do because I, I know who you are. And, uh, yeah, so uh, there you go. You guys, we're going to bring this person in. Um, some of you may have never said a word to this man, but he is legendary in the real life superhero community. And, um, he was with us that night that we patrolled with the X jail and came upon the guy who had, I guess, drank way too much and hit his head. So, um, and he's a Virgo like us. He's a Virgo. He is a Virgo. Right. Virgo. Wow. <laughs> And he's laughing at that. And with that, I'd like to bring on the infamous, famous, whatever you want, Night Owl. Woo! Hey. Hey, guys. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. I- I'm in my vehicle right now, and I've got my hands-free set on, so I just want to make sure you can hear me. Okay, so you had to tell us, yeah, make sure hands-free. Otherwise, we would have hung up on you. We would have been, you know, we don't advocate that. You're just, you're being a dork. Don't do that, but. This is hands-free. It's okay. Right. We are so glad that you were able to call in, you guys. He just got off work and um, found out that we were going to have, you know, we we have Nightingale. We have Nightingale on. We have, in fact, we have Red Ranger Echo Team Echo on too. So 
So between the three of you, I feel safer already. I really do. Don't don't laugh, but <laughs> this stuff is important. Um, and uh, you know, we've been covering things that we would take uh, in our in our gear bags, the basics. And uh, okay. I've been throwing. I've, I've been doing this whole um, speed, the movie speed pop quiz, hot shot. What would you do? <laughs> you know, so um, been getting a lot of uh, uh, good answers for what if scenarios. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, we, right now, let's see, Bug has a list of everything that between Nightingale and uh, Red Ranger have compiled. Uh, can we, can we tell you real quick? And then that way you can see if you want to add your two cents. Sure. Uh, Why don't you um, give me a quick rundown? You got it. So we've got Hansani gloves uh, suggested Always. to have in multiple locations. Uh, abdominal pads or maxi pads, uh, yep. saline or purified water, a CPR mask. If you can, yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Those are, those are, those are really packable too. They make one-way barrier that, uh, masks that are like, they're like, the, you can fold them down the size of a condom. So they're, they're, they're really tiny and portable. Nice. I, I carry one on my keychain. It's very easy. Yeah. What? Yeah. They're, oh they're, man. Yeah. They get, they give them away like like candy at like uh, CPR classes because they're just you never know when you're gonna need one. Although you should check it every once in a while. I used to have one just like that. I, mean, I had it for years and my keys were never needed it to use it. So I kinda like dry rotted. So maybe occasionally unfold it, make sure it's not ruined. But <laughs> just like condoms, hand, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just like a condom. <laughs> uh, don't don't confuse the two now. Um, um <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the small CPR the small CPR masks come in a clamshell. Um, those are probably going to be better because um, they'll get a good seal on the on the mouth and nose. And um, they have a one-way valve in there, and uh, you just kind of blow into the, the opening, so there's no blowback. Nice. Excellent. And then we also have uh, Coban. Okay. Wrap. And sure. uh, Red Ranger was suggesting Sudicom. If you're if you're doing the uh, the protest thing, uh, Sudicom. Or if you happen to, or if yeah. you happen to have, have to pepper spray somebody, it's kind of nice to be able to also treat them. Yeah, yeah if you want to. Yeah, uh, be here cool. in, my, my here we with, often um, have to deal with. I'm sorry. I think I was cutting someone off. <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say just. Um, I, I was down during Occupy Portland and some other um, protests in the, in the street medicine uh, version of, you know, street medics. Uh, it's a really popular thing to carry half water, half Maalox to help neutralize uh, uh, the effects of hydrocrane, uh, and OC, stuff like that. So you'll almost always see your, your people who are really dug in doing protests or expecting um, some sort of non-less evil or whatever. Uh, I've always got like a water bottle and like milky white that's usually water and they lock together. I heard the same thing. The 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 part water part uh was it Mylanta or Maalox or something? Yeah, Maalox. Uh, right. So, oh good, we've got options and um I think you were about to say something, Nightingale. Oh, I was just going to say apart from protest or if you carry it yourself, I know. The thing that we use it the most for here is when police are trying to disperse a crowd, that's the fast way to disperse yeah. a crowd. So yeah. even outside yeah, sure. of 
outside of um, protests, there, there's a really good need for it. Excellent. Okay. I was going to say for, uh, for newcomers, I don't know how many of us are newcomers here or, or new listeners. Uh, Night Owl, what are your medical credentials? Do we talk about that already? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I, you know, he's been in the real-life superhero community for so long that I always assume everyone knows. So thank you for asking well, that. Well, so. why, don't, why, don't I, why don't I just give you, like, a quick, like, digestive test first. Uh, so <laughs> I found the community more than 10 years ago now um, by accident and uh, ended up stumbling across the game a couple years later. Um, and when I was living in Florida, I ended up, like, this back during the days of MySpace, but that gives you a good idea. Um, started reaching out to people. Um, a good a good kind of litmus test of when this all happened was right around uh, who wants to be a superhero was in a second season-ish. Uh, a lot of people were making profiles on MySpace for their superhero personas and their who wants to be a superhero persona. Um, and that's how I found the real-life superhero community, started talking to them, ended up on the Heroes Network. I uh, Sometime 2007... Um, and then kind of like debuted, I guess, 2007, 2008. Um, at that time, I had already went through first responder and basic. Um, I had gone through firefighting school, um, and then I went overseas for a couple of years, came back in 2010, start paramedic school. Uh, 2012, I took a uh, remote, like, wilderness medic uh, and provider class. It was kind of a crash course people on. I got a job in a, in a clinical setting, working um, basically with uh, blood donation. So I'm not I'm not working on the ambulance at all, but uh, it is a requirement for me to maintain my first patient and stuff. So um, definitely leaning more towards a medical than a firefighting stuff. But I yeah, I have a potpourri of mixture stuff there. That's a short version. <laughs> Yeah, we got to. I was saying that we got to uh, patrol with you a couple times, and that one time that we were in San Diego, remember we came up on that guy who was, um, I guess he was super drunk. We'd we'd heard something hit the fence and then hit the ground. So and then we saw that it was a, a human being. Um, yeah, and then that it was, was that was during during Comic Con, so everyone was just like yeah. uh, that whole district is just warm to people during that time of year, and they um, get like. I don't know, like the stats vary from year to year, about 140-ish thousand people over the course of the week. So, um, yeah, that whole that whole part of town is in the black for the year financially because of it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> some people, this, this guy hit it a little too hard, um, found him laying face down in a puddle of his own vomit, um, and he was pretty out of it. Fortunately, uh, the fire department was really quick to respond to get a quick report to the the fire lieutenant who showed up and we were with a camera crew so they were like okay you can go now so yeah um this stuff like i said it's you know it's so much fun and i was mentioning earlier that that you know it's fun we're all we're all tripping along you know everybody's got their costumes we're all getting to know each other laughing and talking and then something like this happens and then the the gravity of what we're out there trying to do suddenly is real. I mean, we're, you know, now it's like, okay, who's got the training? Who knows what to do? What do we do in this? You know, it was great because at that point we, we formed a barrier around him. So because there was a big crowd and and nobody wants to trample this poor guy who's been, you know, 
um, just just down like that and and with yeah. no one around him. So, uh, and and what I'm trying, what I've been poor Nightingale, we've been pushing her. <laughs> I'm saying that there should be a video <laughs> that is uh, especially because you can you know you can get first aid, first responder training out there, but but specifically geared toward real life superhero trolls, et cetera. You know, it would be nice to have one of our own uh, giving, you know, giving a rundown. And in fact, the three of you, if you guys got together, we'd be set. You know, I, I, I don't want to see. No, wouldn't be awesome? I didn't see, I didn't see the Misfit documentary yet. I'm super behind, but um, they did film uh, a scene, like a basic trauma assessment that I did with Misfit at the park. Did that ever make it into the film? I didn't. I don't remember if that made it in. I don't think that was. Think so. Yeah. Okay. We went over like a super super basic assessment, um, head to toe. uh, You know, say you find somebody injured, and I don't know. I I don't know. I know it took a long time. It was like almost two years from film to release, um, which I'm glad because I was a lot, a lot fucking skinnier. Uh, I, I, looked a, I looked a lot. I looked a lot better in spandex back then. Oh my God, you're a dork. <laughs> it's never too late. <laughs> no, um, no, it's um, not. It's not. Uh, yeah, we're gonna pull you out of retirement. As far as I'm concerned, this is this is out of retirement because you're on the show helping out other real life superheroes this way. So, but I, I'm I'm dead serious. I feel like the one thing that 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 if we were to pinpoint the one thing that's lacking, not only in our team because we you know we have we have we've all had basic first aid in our team and you know we've had cert but you know where they do have the triage setting up the you know the the disaster scenario but honestly if you don't just like with anything else um that you don't practice repeatedly you want to forget those things so um mm-hmm. i'm not joking when oh, i say true. that very true yeah yeah right so i'm saying that if if you guys consider it you know that maybe uh, the one thing that, that we know people can do is watch something over and over again. And with yeah. someone as cute as Nightingale and Night Owl <laughs> now and, Red, and good and, and, and Red Ranger, you know what? Seriously, people Stop. watch, they would watch the hell out of it. And, and think about it. That cute mask. Right, right. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I'm just so adorable under there. I know. Honestly, it looks better from the outside, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's funny Um, because I know know what Nightingale looks like without her mask. I definitely know what what Night Owl looks like. He spent the night at our house before. That's right, I'm busting you out. But But I don't know what... Now I I have a beard and I have long, long hair, so... Yeah, you do. You Portland hippie. Um. Anyway, but but yeah, I don't. I don't think. Do we know what Red Ranger looks like? I don't think we saw you guys him. came oh, up here know. one time. I thought. I thought. I'd, mm, pretty sure, right? You came I up don't here. Know if you took your mask off because you you did it. You did not take your mask off the whole time. We were I might there. not have. Yeah. Oof. Oh, dang. Yes, I'm still a man of mystery. You could be Josh Brolin for all we know. Uh, that could uh, be. <laughs> Where where is Red Ranger from again? Seattle. Uh, Seattle. Seattle. Ha- the Emerald met, City. We? I feel like we've met then. Yeah, I uh, believe Matt Al, we were did uh, Portland not this last year but the time before that. Okay, okay. I mean, like, 
I, I couldn't recognize you, you know, lined up next to somebody else at this point because it's been so long. But I totally <laughs> right. believe that I totally remember the persona, uh, maybe not the face. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um, um, you, know, you know, I've got, go I'm looking at the time, and we've got six minutes left, guys. Um, and Oof. there's so much more that I'm sure people would have wanted to ask. Um, and because we've got the people in the, we were looking, we were trying to answer everyone's questions in the chat room who were asking. Uh, so, um, you know, I think that it, unless somebody calls in and has a really, you know, uh, uh, oh, we've got, you know, what, we've got a caller. Can I, can I bring the, the caller in for you guys to answer a question? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Great. Sweet. Okay. Uh, while, I'm, while, we're, while we're talking about it, um, something that we should include is uh, basic care of EMS years. Basic, basic. What's that? Scissors, uh, EMS shears. Oh, scissors, oh, banded scissors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I have those in my med kit all the time smaller. too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Those are usually the ones you see um, strapped to the thigh, um, as opposed to like the single stainless ones that you have for just cutting bandages. These are good for like cutting clothes and stuff. Um, you can buy. Them I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make that differentiation yeah. too. There's. There's a difference between bandage shears and then EMS shears. Um, if you're yeah. going to carry anything, carry the EMS one. Yeah, you know absolutely. what? And, and I personally have an attachment to mine. It's called RIP shears, R-I-P shears. Um, they're invented by like a Navy SEAL or something. They cut through like leather, neoprene. Um, they just bolt onto the handle portion. Um, and they basically just, it's like a big giant envelope opener and just cut through everything. So, nice. Um, I recommend. So, what's the That's difference between the bandage shears and the EMS shears? Bandage shears For, are, are, I think, if, if we're using our terminology, um, they're usually the smaller stainless set, um, and they're used for like just like maybe more in a clinical setting or just cutting bandages. Whereas EMS shears are more all-purpose, um, and uh, the bandage shears can be autoclaved in a surgical setting, whereas EMS shears are like plastic handle as a junk if they get pretty, pretty nasty. The biggest cool. difference is the blade. The bandage right. shears have a flat blade, so they're not they're not as strong. The EMS shears are serrated, so they can cut through like jeans. Yeah. In the case of if someone has yeah. a major thigh wound and you need to get their pants cut off, yeah, that makes them naked. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> now you yeah. you know what <laughs> I know Nightingale Nightingale you in your in your, one of your profile pics you've got the shears strapped to your thigh. Oh yeah, I carry them. Oh, nice. The right. Yeah, it's cool. It's better than a weapon. Seriously, I mean, you look at that and you're going like, yeah, that's more impressive than having a weapon strapped to the thigh. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> this person seems bigger. But do we, have, we still have someone on hold? We do. We let's let's bring that person question? up. Yeah. And we've got three minutes, so I'm going to ask them to, ask. you know what, bring them on. Hey there, 540 area code. You're on. Do you have a quick question? we got three minutes, and I may have to cut you off. Yeah, okay, yeah, um, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, I remember there being a situation, uh, I think that last year, the year before, actually, uh, that there was, um, there was a member of our organization who just started his first patrol, he had noticed someone, he actually called me directly, because he, he knew my medical background training, and so he asked me to help him. Basically, he fell down on a, uh, banged the back of his head on a storm drain, real bad. And 
the the and the blood actually was was coming out. So the first thing I did was I actually um, told my um, my new partner at the time to help me to you know to help put them straight. And luckily, I had a it was a pretty basic um, first aid kit like the ones that you get from, from your local Dollar Tree store. But um, but and um, and it had, a, it had a small and this one actually had a pair of uh, spare gloves in it, which is kind of surprising actually because I don't normally see that. <laughs> but um, but basically, um, like I basically just I, I cleaned up the room really good as best as I could, and then just had it there. Um, and just just basically held it there. That way, I, I can try to keep some pressure on it to stop the bleeding. After that, I checked it to make sure it was okay. I got some tape around it. Um, just did a basic dressing, um, nothing big advanced because I didn't have a whole lot of time. But That's good. basically, yeah, yeah, and and basically, um, now normally, hey, hey, um, you know what? I've, I've got to I've got to stop you here. You know what? Hang on, hang on a second. I've got to stop because we've we've only got uh, 90 seconds left in the in the show. So um, what I'll do is because I want to get you to finish, we'll go ahead and um, on the Heroes 101 page, you know, get your story and then put it on there so that we can we can get fully what you did and then maybe have these guys respond to it um, tomorrow morning. But we've only got yeah, one minute left. Good. Yeah. Cool. So thank. Thank you to the caller. I think that was BB Defender, so Dark Defender. So thank you for calling in on that. Um, I really quickly want to thank um, my uh, co-host Impact and and Nightbug, as usual. Uh, thank you, Night Off, for taking the time after work to come and call us. Yeah, nice I couldn't get here sooner. Oh, no worries. Red Ranger Echo, it's so awesome to have you on here. I'm so glad you're going through that because that's one more person out on the field. And, of course, Nightingale, thank you so much. And thanks for letting me throw my crazy questions at you. And, really, I I won't push you, but I really love the idea of you being in a video to help us all out so that we can help other people. (laughs) Do it. Let me know if you need help. I'm down. This is her not pushing. I'm going to look into Awesome. And thank you to everybody in the chat room and for listening in. You guys are awesome. Please be safe. We love you. And have a safe week. Talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. As the ancient Tibetan philosophy states, don't start none, won't be none.